scary basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including a stalker with a knife and a gun, a vampire who would be sexier with a new wardrobe that fit just a little better, a big honkin' monkey, and a doll that is alive with the sound of music. I am Mikey McCaller. I'm Roxy Polk. Roxy, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest thing that happened to us this week. What went down in your life outside the scary basement that spooked you to your bones? Uh, so, Mikey, maybe you've heard of this thing called a calorie mate. Have you Ooh. have you heard of these snacks? Is that a milkshake? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> then no, I have li- not. It's a little, like, protein food block thing. Uh, oh. It's kind of like a meal substitute, more like... Not not an every meal substitute, but more like, I don't have enough time to eat lunch, I will eat this thing, and then I will be fine yes. until dinner. So when I stream, I often stream for many hours at a time and get hungry during those streams and then get hangry, and that's no fun. So I was uh-huh. like, uh, my hero Solid Snake ate these calorie mates, and they're real. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always actually been curious what they taste like ever since I like saw them. So they're a Japanese snack, and I ordered a crate of them with five different flavors, but so it's like, four or five boxes of these different flavors that I've never tried before. So I was like, I hope I like them because I got uh-huh. a lot of them. And I tried the fruit flavor one and it was so disgusting. I could barely even eat it. Oh, no. So now I have a crate of those, Mikey. The other three flavors are good, but what do I do, Mikey? What What do I do? I don't want to throw away food. I think you save them until you're so hungry that you won't care what they taste like. Oh, God, they taste like like lemon peel. Like, have you ever eaten lemon peel? They taste like lemon peel. Often. (laughs) Yeah, it's Mikey's favorite food. Did you ever see the movie Snowpiercer? Yes, I did. They uh, they have the the people in the back of the train that are the lower Mm -hmm. class. They get just protein bars like that. And then halfway through Mm -hmm. the movie, as they're climbing through the train, they realize that their protein bars are just bugs. They're just made uh-huh. out of bugs. They're crushing up bugs and making these protein bars. And they're like gross, scary bugs. Not yes. even like, I don't know, a grub worm <laughs> from the Lion King. <laughs> they're just <laughs> these horrible, like, scorpion, black, hard-shelled scorpion-looking things, right? You're right. Those grub worms from the Lion King do have that, like, Tide Pod vibe. Of, like, that yeah. looks like it would be good to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, the point is, I always thought that would be a great way to handle Like, I hate eating. I hate having to take the time to eat every day. I would love to just have a little bar I could put in my mouth and never think about eating again. Well, Mikey, I would suggest the chocolate flavor tastes mm-hmm. good. It's kind of like a chocolate muffin cookie. Maple flavor literally tastes like pancakes with maple syrup on them. Great. And then the plain one just tastes like kind of like bread and shortbread <laughs> cookie. It, it tastes like bread and a shortbread cookie crossed together. So okay. those three flavors, yes. Fruit flavor, not my bag, but maybe it'll be yours. The only one I've got to try next is cheese. And when I looked at the online reviews, a lot of people did not like them. So that's for next week, next week's Roxy to find out. I bet they'll be your favorite. <laughs> uh, maybe. I do like cheese and some of the reviews were like, it tastes like Parmesan. And I was like, Parmesan's good. Why would you not like this? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, but uh, what happened to you this week, Mikey? What what was scary for you this week? Listen, you ever heard of uh, the 4th of July? Yeah, I've, I've heard of it before. You ever heard <laughs> of lived it. fireworks? Uh-huh. Roxy, you're living your life during early July, especially when you're in a metropolis like Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. 
And the fireworks are just, they just happen. They just happen. And as you well know about me, I'm a jumpy dude. And so I've lived the past week of my life just like uh, tremoring <laughs> with with terror because there's just explosions now. Well, it's an, it's awful too, just because like America has a lot of violence and gun violence. And I've literally had shootings in my area. So then I hear these fireworks Jesus. and I'm like, uh, is it a gun? Is somebody being hurt? Or somebody's just being irresponsible within city limits with fireworks? Like, it's scary on so many, for so many reasons. You were right to be jump scared by them, Mikey, is what I, I will say. Yeah. Do you think that's my first justifiable jump scare? Because I know you look down on me when we play horror games and I lose my mind while you just sit there all chill-like. <laughs> I don't I don't look down on you for it. If anything, I'm a little envious because it feels like you're more into the atmosphere of it where you can still have mm. that sense of like mystery and surprise and delight at it. Got I it. worry that I have become dead inside when I do not react yeah. to a jump scare. At so times. all all your bullying towards me about the jump scares, it's you hate me because you ain't me. I never realized you saw it as bullying. I should stop, Mikey. I'm sorry. I was. I thought it was good natured ribbing, but um. You kept uh, giving me the middle finger <laughs> and sticking my tongue out and like looking really angry at you, like neither <laughs> neither. But I'll tell you who it's okay to give the middle finger to, and we should both do it right now. The demon bot. Okay, let's bully he him. Here he comes. <laughs> Mikey and Roxy, you have deeply hurt my demon robot feelings. Oh, Mikey, now I feel bad about it. You should feel bad for being a bully. Bullying is wrong. Anyway, I'm here to collect your souls and steal your bodies if you didn't watch the final girls. Did you watch the film? I did, Roxy, in fact, watch the final girls. Did you? Yes, I also watched the final girls. Good, then you may keep your souls. For now. You bullies. I'm sorry, Demon Bot. It was all Mikey's fault. I just peer pressured. I did it. Yeah, I I immediately said like, oh yeah, it's okay to bully the Demon Bot because he does hold us hostage and try to keep our souls. But no, even that, it's not fair. It's not fair. It makes me feel bad, but I think you are justified in saying, yeah, someone's trying to take our souls. I think we can bully him actually fairly. It doesn't no, I, change that I felt I guilt like about it, but I like. Oh, him that's again. you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roxy, Do you feel more did... charitable because of Halloween too? Oh no! Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just, uh, I'm an empathetic little boy. I, I come around to folks. I like them just fine. Okay, <laughs> Roxy, we did watch the final girls. What do you say we give a quick plot recap for anybody who hasn't seen the film who might be listening at the basement cellar door? Let's do it. We open on a trailer for the film Camp Bloodbath, a 1980s Jason-esque slasher flick. We then meet Amanda, one of the actresses from Camp Bloodbath, years after the movie has been released, and her daughter, Max. Amanda still harbors dreams of being a legit movie star, but those dreams will never be realized as she and Max are then in a horrible car accident and Amanda is killed. Three years later, Max is persuaded by a Camp Bloodbath superfan, her best friend Gertie's stepbrother, Duncan to come to a screening of Camp Bloodbath. There, a fire breaks out as the movie plays, and the only way for Max, Gertie, and Duncan, Max's crush Chris, and Chris's ex-girlfriend Vicky, to escape is to slice open the movie theater and go through it to the exit door that lies beyond. Max and her friends then find themselves in the world of the movie Camp Bloodbath. 
Max soon finds herself interacting with characters from the movie, including her mother's character, Nancy. It's pretty wild. Realizing that the movie is happening exactly as we know it to have happened, Max and friends initially watch Jason-like serial killer Billy Murphy murder the first two characters that are murdered in the movie. Then, Billy turns his attention to our group and hurls his machete into Duncan's side. Turns out, our heroes can be killed in this bizarre movie universe. With Max hoping to save her mother's character Nancy, and therefore, perhaps, her actual mother Amanda, the present-day group begins laying out the ground rules for summoning Billy. Only by taking your top off and being willing to engage in premarital sex summons the brute, while a virgin is the only one capable of killing Billy with his own machete. The fact that Max's presence kept Nancy from having sex with one of the characters from the movie, the guy from Workaholics, means Nancy is now a virgin and is a candidate to be the final girl and survive this ordeal. Max's crush Chris then lays out Operation Booby Trap. Using a character from the movie to dance all sexy-like and take her top off, Billy is lured to the cabin, wherein our group opens fire, shooting flaming arrows into his chest. But the killer's strength turns out to be too much as he presses through our hero's attacks and stabs Gertie and Vicky. Down to just Chris, Max, and Nancy. Our group runs from Billy, using a pre-established flashback technique to put some distance between themselves and the killer. Here, Billy stabs Chris and abducts Nancy. At Billy's barn, Max saves Nancy, only to be stabbed by Billy shortly thereafter. Nancy helps Max escape, and then finally, Max tells Nancy that, in real life, Max is Nancy's daughter, and she loves her and misses her. Aww. Nancy then decides to do a strip tease to lure Billy out so that Max can be the final girl. When Max objects, Nancy tells her that that's what she wants to do. She wants to save Max instead of herself. That having Max was what saved Nancy in the first place. Nancy then enacts her plan, and Billy stabs her in the back. Max then takes the fight to the killer, snatching up Billy's machete and eventually decapitating him. Then, the credits of Camp Bloodbath roll, and Max awakens to find herself and Chris in a hospital? There, Max sees that Duncan, Gertie, and Vicky are waiting for Max and Chris to awaken. The gang then realizes they are not back in their world, but in the world of Camp Bloodbath 2, Cruel Summer. And now, with Billy back and roaming the halls of this hospital, it sure is going to be a cruel summer. Taylor Swift be damned. And Roxy, that is the movie The Final Girls. Yep, that's the movie The Final Girls. Did you like it? I love this movie. I've seen it several times. And I think even the first time I saw it, the emotional heart of the movie, the mother-daughter relationship, like, got me a little teary-eyed or, like, almost kind of towards the end. this is the first movie that we've talked about for Scary Basement that made me heave cry. You did cry all. <laughs> I cried so hard. It was so nice. It's such a, like, and I think you and I have talked about this. I don't know that it's come up here in the Scary Basement yet, but like, this is something I go through. Like, my grandfather is somebody who I feel like I missed out on a lot of time with. It's my number one wish to interact with him again. And this movie's about that. This is yeah. about this girl, Max, getting my heart's greatest wish. It was lovely. Max and Nancy are the sweetest characters. They're friends. The movie, I don't know. I think that the um, the opening scene of this movie where Max and Amanda, her mom, interact right before the car accident is one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Just in that, like, it does this great job of painting Amanda not as a saint, but just like as a regular yeah. person. Like, she's kind of silly, She's sort of still, like, obsessed with being a, an actress. Like, she's not yeah, this perfect she's, person. She's, 
She's kind of naive and it, yeah. to the point where like it feels like Max is more aware even though she's the daughter. Like mm-hmm. she's the one keeping track of the bills. She's the one keeping track of her headshot and perf- portfolio and going with her mom to these auditions and stuff. Kind of like almost like a manager role yeah. in a way. No, she is absolutely parenting her mom. She is the responsible one. But her mom yeah. is still like fun and you can see why she would like her mom but she's well, also yeah, like they love each other so much like yeah. i don't think max feels put upon or like she has to like i don't think she'd be doing it if she didn't care about her mom and want like the best for her mm-hmm. it's very nice and it's interesting that you talked about like how much this hit home for you too and how like it hit home for me as well because one of the co-writers actually his dad played father Karras in the exorcist Oh. And so this is like kind of a very personal story to him in that way, too. Like if he would have gotten another chance, like go and talk to his dad, who was sure. literally in a horror movie, too, which I thought was a really sweet thing to find out about it and something I did not know until this recent watch of the movie. Uh, wh- I will say one thing that that co-writer did not have to deal with that our character Max has to deal with going to see this movie. She does have to watch her mom fuck like that's uh, just going to be a part yeah. of it. And it's something that I had never thought about, like. <laughs> Porn stars do have children. Like, they do have their lives beyond it. And that's just something you're going to have to watch and see. I would argue you don't have to. And I'm sure they usually would say, like, (laughs) it's required watching. You you could be proud of your parents' work without having to uh, see it for yourself. That's fair. Uh, but not only a- that, like she has to watch her die on screen as well, which she also yeah. had to watch her die in real life. So sure. like she gets up from the theater right before the fire starts and is about to leave mm-hmm. at her mom's death scene. Hmm. And then they go into the movie. Yeah, I do love a good getting sucked into the movie kind of story. It doesn't happen enough. Yeah, especially because like they, she finds a machete on the floor that somebody had brought <laughs> to the movie theater because they're doing a movie marathon of the slasher movie. So it's like the slasher's weapon, but also it kind of cut the screen. So it was a real sharp machete that somebody right. brought to a movie theater. That's what would surprise me too. Like, yeah, you're right. She picks up this machete from the ground and I thought it was just a prop and then she slices <laughs> through the screen and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, and they you walk through it and it's just shouldn't like- shouldn't have been allowed to bring that. Yeah, it's just like blinding light as well as I walk mm-hmm. through it and I like how the movie doesn't take too much time to be like, well, how does it work? How is it even possible for us to be here? Like they kind of oh. do for a second then they're like, we have no idea and then it just like rolls with it, which Almost is Almost zero seconds. And it's exactly the right choice. It is exactly how you handle this. Like, I don't want to hear, like, I don't, I I don't know. I've made this argument with the movie Groundhog Day before that, like, I kind of hate that movie because there is no explanation. But, like, this movie takes the time to set up its rules very clearly, but they don't care how those rules work. They're just like, oh, we just know how slasher movies work. So this is how those movies work. Yeah, and right. it also makes me think that if they they ever got a sequel, which as far as I know, one hasn't been greenlit, but I would love for them to do a sequel. Mm. I think like maybe since the emotional heart with the mother-daughter relationship was in the first movie and that won't exist in the second movie unless, I don't know, some, some way they find a way around it that she didn't die, but I doubt it because mm-hmm. it would undermine the entire movie. <laughs> right. Um, but like if they wanted to focus on the mechanics and that's how they get out in the second movie, like that'd be fine because that movie... Mm doesn't have the same like vibe or intention as this movie does like this was about mm. the characters not so much about how this stuff works right and all of the mechanics and stuff that they use are kind of like framing devices like the runtime for the movie and like mm-hmm. at the beginning they 
they encounter the characters who are just in the intro to the movie in like their van and like they're weird weirded out by it so they just kind of like sit there for an hour and a half and then they come by again and like that's how they start to realize like oh okay so the movie is just doing its runtime normally Mm -hmm. even as we're sitting out here in the woods so like things like that like that's that's kind of all you need they kind of explain it as it goes and as it's necessary i guess yeah it doesn't like we've talked about it before this uh how much i hate a movie that's just like, oh, well, what do you mean trolls aren't real? Like, we're watching a movie called Troll Hunter, and there are trolls. Skip it. This is this is the Troll Hunter Award for excellence in not over-explaining your plot. I'm awarding it to <laughs> the final girls. <laughs> well, great. That's quite, quite a high honor. <laughs> <laughs> a segment I just landed on. We get the characters from the movie interacting with our real-life characters, and it's fun how tropey they are. Yes. But- my big butt uh-huh. is uh, the guy from Workaholics. I don't remember his name. He is just his character from Workaholics. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. He's doing. Um, and I would. I'm going to give out the Brian Cranston Award for excellence in acting, just like yourself. Because it's not <laughs> like he's a good actor. He's just good at being himself and saying things as himself that other people tell him to say. Um, it's Adam Devine. Adam Devine. He that plays right. Kurt. Which Kurt is like the jock, dumbass, like horny dude of the summer camp who is like, I'm going to fuck every girl. And either he is improvising a lot of his lines or they like there's like some sort of consultation going on with him because the jokes are functionally workaholics jokes. So did did you see the end credits? Because I think the end credits have like outtakes. Yes, I watched a little bit of that. How do you feel about outtakes in a movie at the end? I don't really feel any sort of way about it. I don't dislike it, but I also don't, like, particularly care about it. In this movie where it's, like, a comedy, I think it's more fitting than, like, any any other movie. I guess even if it's a horror comedy, I guess. But it seemed like he improvised a lot of his lines. But, like, what what was your thought process about That sounds outtake? right. Uh, I... It's funny, as you were saying, like, I guess I don't mind it so much for this movie. It was the first movie that I was like, okay, I guess I don't mind it for this movie either. But usually... I hate outtakes at the end of a movie with a burning passion. It feels Mm. like I am being made fun of because they're like, hey, we just asked you for an hour and a half to buy into this world. And the moment it's over, they're like, this this world was fake. Stupid moron. They're all just actors. And I'm just like, no, let me sit and revel in the world a little more. Let me leave the theater like still believing in the, the joy of it. So it's more like you, you want outtakes to be the DVD extra that you choose to look at or not. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I love an outtakes on YouTube. I've watched mm-hmm. The Office outtakes numerous times. Joyful every uh-huh. time. But when I'm watching a thing, you don't end it and then show it to me. Fuck. I'll beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys know Linky's trigger. So just don't never show him outtakes. <laughs> What else is going on in this movie that we like? Uh, It's very meta. And I think that's why I was kind of getting to a point where, okay, I guess I kind of buy it for this movie because this movie is about reminding you you're watching a movie. Yeah. Are you thinking about like the way they deal with cinematography and like flashbacks that where things literally melt to be black and white? Yes. And then you can interact with like the title card letters. (laughs) It's literally an object they have to jump over at one point because it's in their way. So are we saying that, like, the characters in the movie can see this stuff and they're just, like, ignoring it? 
I don't know. That's a good question because like our mm. main characters are transported there to be like, what the fuck? Why are we here? But mm-hmm. like the characters who are telling it are just not there because that's how the movie functions, I guess. Right. And I'd say it's because they're outside of the movie, so they don't see it. It's for the benefit of the audience, whether the audience is in the movie or not. <laughs> Literally in the movie. It's something that got me like kind of freaked out. And I would argue is one of the scariest parts about this movie is this idea that you could meet somebody who would come up to you and say, you're not real. You're a character mm. who was played by my mom. Like, that's <laughs> such a a hard <laughs> reality to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I want to think that I'm real. I don't know what I would do if someone came up to tell me that. I'd probably be like, well, it should have been more action-packed or something. Yeah. <laughs> I would have expected more movie from is this? this. Who wrote this? It could have written my life better. Gee, thanks, whoever wrote this. Roxy, you've never watched a movie that is just an hour and a half on a character staring at their laptop uh, playing Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> Answering emails, you know? It's very <laughs> thrilling. <laughs> Sighing and doing a little bit of freelance illustration and then... <laughs> <laughs> then I have to go to the grocery store and... <laughs> the post office and stand in line at starbucks and i, I i'm like imagining thrilling. myself in the theater watching this movie like when is this movie gonna start <laughs> this intro is too long Where's we get the it exciting incident <laughs> this movie needs a catalyst there is another character in this movie named paula it doesn't get a lot of screen time oh yeah she she's is, the final girl of the she movie. is ostensibly right. the final girl in the original movie and here's my question uh-huh what slasher movie would not begin with the final girl? What slasher movie would not begin with the final girl? Um, I mean, we talked about how Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy was like two scenes later or something, but that's mm, just like and, still the beginning of the movie. So, and as I said it, I was like, oh yeah, Drew Barrymore and Scream. I guess a couple people do it. They'll like kill somebody who you think is going to be the final girl, which I guess is what Malin Ackerman was going to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Never mind. I retract my point. It just felt really weird to me that they were like, they literally pointed out they're like, in the next reel of this movie. First of all, nobody talks about movies in reels. That's an insane thing to say. Yeah, I wouldn't even know what that meant, honestly. Well, that's like, if you've ever seen like old movies, you know, there's like, uh, Fight Club talked about this. Fight Club is how I know about it. Oh, there's okay. Like a switching si- the cigarette burn. Okay, yeah. And that's when they're switching the film reel. Like, that's okay. a, an insane way to talk about it. But he does say, like, in the next reel, they introduce Paula, who will be the final girl. And I was like, no, the final girl needs to be at the beginning of the movie because it's ostensibly her story. If we're not getting yeah. a fake-out girl getting killed, then that movie's missing out on the initial incident that would define exactly what issue that final girl is going to have to change about herself to survive this story. Yeah, I, I would say that, like, you retracted it, but I think it, it is worth saying that yeah if the final girl doesn't show up like in the first third of the movie it's really weird like who cares Mm -hmm. about her at that point like you don't really care about her story or how much of a badass she is or whatever (laughs) but i think with paula in particular since she is like kind of a badass wearing a leather jacket smoking has like the coolest car like she's the coolest character in the movie Mm -hmm. she's not really kind of like the typical final girl so, like, maybe it's okay for her to show up later. Mm-hmm. I would guess since kind of like Nancy, Nancy's character, like, if she didn't have have sex with the douchebag guy and become part of the early body count, she's definitely more of the archetype for what would be the final girl in any other movie. Which made me think that, like, I wonder if there's a draft of this movie where uh, Max's mom is the final girl. Because Paula almost fits the archetype more of the girl who 
dies like right around the midpoint that kind of tells us like oh shit yes this is for real like if even this badass punk rocker can't take down this guy then like what chance do we have yeah she's like the obi-wan kenobi who has to die in a dark to send us into a dark night of the soul Yes, exactly. I would agree right. with that one hundred percent. Rectified, <laughs> and I think that's why, like in the movie itself, like the final girls, not the camp bloodbath movie they're inhabiting. Uh, that's probably why Paula shows up so late and then gets immediately killed, <laughs> and, like deleted <laughs> from the movie, which is kind of the joke because they're all like, "Well, as long as she shows up, we'll be fine." So they're yeah. all like waiting for her to show up. Then they're like, "Oh no, actually, one of us has to be it." Yeah. That's a very, it's, it is very smart to like trick us with that, that we think like, oh, okay, we'll have our savior and then immediately kill her in a very funny way. Like they kill yeah. workaholics by, uh, like she gets into a car accident, right? She's driving somewhere with workaholics yes, yeah, yeah. and slams on the brakes. He flies through the windshield and like crumples up violently. And they're like, okay, well, as long as she's okay. And then the car explodes and yep. it's like, damn, they really do it. Uh, there is something kind the movie doesn't have time to reckon with this. And I get that. But if we are establishing that these people are on a 92 minute loop early in the movie, mm-hmm. right? We see these characters just going through. What happens when you deviate? What happens when something like that breaks the loop? I guess this, which like, unless they were going to repeat it, which I think if they had had more time, that would have been an interesting thing to see them deal with. Because then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if the slasher wins because they deviated, then do they get get reset to the beginning of the movie and have to try and do it again kind of like a video game almost where it's like do it right or it doesn't Mm -hmm. finish you have to restart it that's where i thought we were headed i thought we were going to kill everybody and then we would reset and keep it because they do the time loop two times at the very beginning when they first get into the movie and then they don't loop anymore which is kind of yeah because i guess they're they're engaging with that that third time loop i guess but yeah i i agree it would have been neat to see them kind of mess with it more and that's again why like when they go to the sequel at the end everybody lived like even the people who were stabbed all the way through were still okay yeah what was that about why did that i think it's just because they're just like it's just a sequel so everybody's back who cares because like that happens lots of times a character i guess shot if whatever the, like, meta rules are of, like, they got sucked into this movie, but they're not a part of that movie, therefore yeah. they can't really die. So, yeah, it might also be, like, video game rules or something where it's, like, you just reset or you mm-hmm. go to the next part or something. Where We like, should have seen them collect yeah. 100 coins and get a second life, though. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they give us this plan halfway through the movie, right? Where uh, mm-hmm. Operation Booby Trap, they call it, where they're going to use I- – I didn't even write down this actor's name. Uh, Tina. I did write her name down. Tina, uh-huh. the character from the movie, they're going to have her do a little sexy strip tease to lure him in. And it's set to the song Cherry Pie and Roxy. Uh-huh. This is the best performance in the movie. The way oh she performs this little <laughs> dance to get him in where she is simultaneously sexy and out of her mind ridiculous yeah. is so great. So another little funny fact is that actress completely improvised that. That was not choreographed at all. And also because the character is supposed to have taken like 30 Adderall pills and been like, yeah, out (laughs) of her mind. She decided to chug like a bunch of energy drinks beforehand and then just improv. Dude. (laughs) Basically method acting. Star making performance. Like the expression on her face is so funny because she's like so serious looking while doing these absolutely outrageous moves where it's like. Yeah, I guess that could be sexy, but it's also extremely, like, aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny and very sexy. Very very hard typer. It does feel almost like for every point of funny you are, you lose a point of sexy, but she does find a way to 
bend that curve around and make, yeah. <laughs> make and be both at the same time. And like that character in particular, like they know as soon as she takes her top off that the killer's going to show up. So they like have to put her in an outfit where she can't take her top off too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Which they give her like mitts, like oven mitts duct taped to uh-huh. her hands and have her wearing like a life vest or something. <laughs> Dude. It's almost too bad when we have a movie like this where we're both just like, this is great, right? I like yeah. this part. It's just like, I don't really have too much to say about this movie besides like, I loved it a lot. It's really good. And I think I will- it's like, is it a PG or PG-13? It's a PG-13 horror movie, I really? think. Okay, yeah, yeah, that tracks. Which is like, not what you would expect normally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because like, I think maybe there's some swearing, but there's like no n- nudity. The kills are like not super gory or anything. Mm-hmm. Which I think that might have, like, put some people off during, like, when this movie came out, maybe. But it's, I don't know, it's so good. I was not expecting to, like, love it as much the first time mm-hmm. I saw it. So, I don't know, this is just me talking about the movie. Go watch it, guys. Yeah. PG-13, yes. Okay. Good, you can see it as long as you're 13 years of age. <laughs> and yeah, it's, like, a very meta horror movie. And, like, one of the main characters is, like, a horror nerd who is completely obsessed with the series. Mm-hmm. So, like... He's kind of the guide of the movie or whatever and then gets taken out relatively early so they kind of can't benefit from his knowledge in a way. They just have to, like, remember what he said. (laughs) But then he, like, hobbles in. He's like, hey, I'm not dead. And then he gets hit by the car with the final girl and the douchebag guy (laughs) right before they die. (laughs) Yeah, they do take their body count up in that instance. Bam, bam, bam. Move through it. Everybody's dead. Great. The way that this movie ends, this idea that um, by existing – Max has saved her mom, Amanda. Like, we meet Amanda, and she is in this place where she still wants more out of her life. She still wants to be a movie star. She still wants her career to happen. But she knows Max is the one thing she's done right in her life. When we meet Nancy, the the character she plays in Sleepaway Camp, she's like, I just kind of wish I was a mom. And this, like, realization that by saving Max, Max is saving her. Mm-hmm. got me pretty good because specifically um and again i'll talk about my grandpa a little bit he was a man of the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. kind of a dick that's how men were at the time it's an idea i had never really considered is that like if i can be a good man it saves him <laughs> it, like it mm. makes it redeems him like because he if he is kindness to me can make me a good person then Maybe that helps make up for some of the bad things he did with his life. And I was really moved by that idea that you can that you can be saved through your children, not tangibly, but by by dying, by making the next generation better. That retroactively justifies your generation. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty interesting takeaway from that, especially because it's more like that's also her dream, too, is that she says, like, she just wanted to, you know, fall in love and have have a kid that she could share the rest of her life with you know Mm -hmm. and like max does say like that's kind of all she wanted and you really get that like she didn't she never took her mom for granted but like apparently she wasn't as upfront with her because i guess she says like i didn't tell you i love you but i love you Mm. that's like one of the last things she says to her which is just like (laughs) oh yeah i did uh, did read max in that very opening scene the only time we actually see her interact with her mom like she is kind of reserved she's kind of like keeping back like the mom is ready to sing that betty davis eyes song with her like loud and proud and max is like 
She's sitting, spitting out the lyrics, but she's still like reserved. She's still hunched yeah. in. She's still, it like, feels like res- she kind of let her mom take that role for her, basically, where yeah. she's just kind of like, she gets to be the gregarious, outspoken one, and I'm just mm-hmm. the one supporting her. And yeah. similarly, like, she has the boy in the movie who very much likes her, which is actually very cute. And, like, mm. you can tell she kind of likes him, too, by the way her friend is, like, needling her and teasing her about it. But, like, she mm-hmm. also doesn't seem like she's very confident in going for that. Right. Yeah, she does feel very reserved in kind of, like, every relationship, mm-hmm. except for with her one friend who is uh, maybe from Arrested Development. <laughs> Boy, remember. is she. She is definitely from Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, she's also on Search Party. Her name's uh, Alia Shawcat. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's always really fun. <laughs> she's very funny. Uh, Roxy, what would you say is the big idea of this movie? What deep human fear does the final girls poke at within you? I mean, we've talked about it a lot, and I feel like similarly to our last movie that we did, uh, very much of it is just kind of about letting go of the grief and trauma that you've Mm -hmm. suffered and moving on, kind of like keeping the happiness from that relation kind of like within you and trying to remember that instead of just the loss that you feel Mm -hmm. in order to move forward, I think. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, there's that. I think this movie does a good job of like answering the question, what do we do with our grief? How do we move on when we lose somebody? I would say the thing that scared me the most throughout this movie was this idea that our lives can be ripped away from us without any reason or purpose and that we may Mm. never achieve what we really want. Like, I think what was so heartbreaking to me. Another really good point. This (laughs) this, uh, moment where Nancy is telling Max, like, how much she wants out of her life. And Max has to just sit there and listen, like, but you're going to die. Like, it's it's so upsetting. And she knows what happens. Like, she didn't, she knows her mom didn't get to be the actress she wanted to be. Yeah, she, she wanted never to be got a movie to. star. And sometimes that just happens. And it feels almost cruel and purposeless. And for her to get to a place where it's like, yeah, it was cruel and purposeless. But she did this one part right. And that's the thing she can hold on to and find meaning of is really lovely. But yeah, Yeah. horrifying before that. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And I think that's also just talking about it from the mother's perspective. Yeah, I'd say there's, we're both correct, because it's the different Mm -hmm. characters' journeys. And I'd say, yeah, her mom's whole arc is, yeah, just kind of like making peace with her life or being like, yeah, like, even if I wasn't happy about that aspect, I was happy about this other aspect. So, like, mm-hmm. I could keep going to try and strive for the other thing, literally because you were here. Because you get the sense that, like, if she didn't have her daughter, would she be able to keep striving for these auditions and going mm. forward or trying to do whatever? That's a good point. Which, uh, I don't know, that's kind of kind of another cute little aspect and mm-hmm. kind of a, a way to reconcile how, yeah, maybe if you don't get everything you want out of life... Sometimes some of the parts that you do get are enough, mm-hmm. I suppose. Grab onto them and hold them tight, Roxy. That's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't always say that. Roxy, <laughs> now you do. <laughs> do you have a question for me? Uh, yeah. So my question to you, Mikey, is if you were in a slasher movie, what stereotypical role do you think you'd be? I, t- to use this movie, I would be the Duncan character. I would be the guide I would understand the meta rules of the movie and I would get killed very early because I have no practical sense. Okay. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, this is like uh, in Hellraiser when they got the cube and then the- and then I would be killed because- And you'd be like, opening the cube would- to be like, yeah, they look, they open the cube like this. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, this is like an escape room. No, it's not. It's just a locked door and you're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you be? 
Um, so I similarly thought I would either be that, or I guess I have the possibility of being the final girl because I wouldn't have sex if I was in a slasher movie. Oh, sure. So I'd at least be able to have the possibility of being that, whether I could or not. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Yeah, you're you're very practical about that. Uh, I would have sex the moment I get to summer camp. Yeah, exactly. That's another reason why you're. Uh, I would days die would very be early. <laughs> yeah, you're you're very practical. You're like, no, no, no. Let's deal with the killer first, and then we'll have sex. This is order yeah. of operations to all of this. Exactly. <laughs> Roxy, on a scale from one to nine. Because the 10 does not exist in the scary basement. How likely mm-hmm. do you think the events of the final girl are to happen in real life? So, God, there's so many, like, aspects you could rate this on. Because, like, 9 and 9, we're all going to die. And hopefully people will be sad and miss you when you're gone. But <laughs> everything else that happens in the movie. It's a good it's a good call. Yeah. So I, I bumped it down to, like, a 3 out of 9. Because the majority of mm. the movie is the fact that they are in a movie. And <laughs> the world now operates on a completely different scale. And, like... Yeah. It would be nice if we would be able to, like, see our loved ones and get one last shot to, like, finally say goodbye to them. But mm-hmm. sadly, in, unless we're just unlucky enough to not have experienced crazy movie magic in real right. life, uh, that doesn't happen. But uh, what about you? I similarly, I had a, a similar score, but I went harder on it. I said a one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not that's just. Is it insane to walk into a movie? But like they walked into a Jason movie, which is already unrealistic. (laughs) That's not a thing that happens in real life. Nobody gets taunted so much at summer camp. They turn into a behemoth who doesn't die. So yeah, my big criteria. Could one unusual thing happen? I'll give it a nine. (laughs) If two unusual things happened, mm, zero. Absolutely not. It's the hat on the hat rule. Can't have a hat on the hat. Roxy, last week we made a bet. Yes, we did. We were wanted to know how many kills there would be. I said there would be 18 kills. I said 13. The answer is either. There was a, it opens with a trailer where we see some of our characters mm. die in, in snippets. So uh-huh. if we count that, it's 22. Even without that, it's 18, which was my exact guess. Okay. I was going to say, we, of, I think we guess. would count the larger number. So yeah, okay. you you win either way. <laughs> I'm the champion for this week. Yeah, there's a ton of deaths. They kill a lot of people, and then they come back and kill them again. <laughs> yep, they sure do. <laughs> it's pretty good. So uh, yeah, I'm going to take it. That means our total bet score right now is Roxy with 24, Mikey with 21, Ty with two. Something happens at 30. You got any plans for that yet, Mikey? You got you got a uh, hey hey backup plan? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't either. I'm too uh, scared I'm... to even think about it. <laughs> don't know what's gonna happen. And see, maybe maybe I'm gonna stay overnight in the scary basement and look for some clues. Maybe I'll have something to show for it next week. That's a good idea. But one of us needs to, and I like a good puzzle. So I'll see if I can find evidence from the before people, and I'll get back to you. Okay, there is a large magnifying glass lying on that uh, far counter in the corner of the scary basement that you can pick up and use to search for clues. Okay, is it the cursed one or the normal one, though? Oh, we have to just assume everything in the scary basement is cursed. Okay, so then maybe I'll uh, ask (laughs) DemonBot to help me. He can hold it so I can look through it, but I'm not going to touch it. I'm not holding shit. Because, Roxy, be you're, you're correct. There are two magnifying glasses here, the cursed one and the normal one. But the cursed one is purple and spiky and swirling with smoke. The normal one is just slightly cursed. Yeah. You know, it's just it doesn't really, like, focus that much better. It only magnifies things a little bit better than normal. So it's not really worth it. 
And if you hold it, you can start to hear like your worst thoughts about yourself get amplified. Yeah. And then people around you can hear it too. So it's also embarrassing. And it's just like, it's not <laughs> worth it. You know, yeah. everybody walks past you and they're like, oh, your sides are getting a little chubby. The love handles are evident. And you're just like, uh, I'm just looking for clues. <laughs> then people are going to look at you and be like, yeah, you know what? You are putting on weight. And then they'll you just uh, are putting on weight. Yeah. Uh, everybody <laughs> in the scary basement is very uh, 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 not <laughs> cooth. <laughs> just say whatever's on their mind. I get it, Dracula. I'm having a tough time with the pandemic. All right? I'm eating poorly. Yeah, maybe Dracula should try it. Here comes Demon Bot, I assume to make fun of me for my weight. Mikey, unlike you and Roxy, I am not a bully, so I would never comment on your weight. I will, however, insist you watch the 2018 film Annihilation or your souls shall be forfeit and I will claim your bodies as my own. Okay, Roxy, we got Annihilation on the docket for next week. I am excited for this movie. I think this is maybe only the second time we've had a movie that neither of us have seen. Anything so I think can Scream, Scream 5, Scream sequel, prequel, mm-hmm. requel was the first one. The Screamquel. <laughs> yes, there you go. I'm excited for this. All right. I know it's got Natalie Portman and I think Aliens, but I'm not actually sure. Yeah, I... Don't know either. We'll mm. we'll be able to find out. Exciting. Let's make a bet for next week. How's that sound? Okay, let's do it. So, Mikey, how about does the fourth build actor in the end credits survive till the end of the movie? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say whoever's fourth build is going to be a survivor because honestly, I'm going to take an optimistic route. I'm going to say everyone's going to survive. Okay. That I think that all of our good. friends are going to have a great time. <laughs> During the movie called Annihilation. Yeah, I'd say I'm going to say a no. um, Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure the title like Annihilation, probably, you know, everybody, maybe we'll be lucky that the top two make it out, if that. Maybe the top one, maybe nobody. It's called Annihilation. So Would that I could change my vote. (laughs) (laughs) Too late now and cemented. Demon bot is witness. Roxy, we've been talking about some scary stuff. Acting as a career. Uh (laughs) getting older dying being a virgin let's talk about something that's making us happy what's making you happy this week (laughs) mikey can you guess what it's about uh video games (laughs) yes okay (laughs) and it's very specifically it's fall fantasy 14 related again no (laughs) like i didn't know but i knew I feel like just the segment for me on what's making me happy is just an update on where I am in Final Fantasy XIV. Do you, do you want to just turn it into a Final Fantasy XIV corner? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> totally makes sense with horror movies, you know, exact same <laughs> demographic. If you're me, I suppose. Specifically for me. Yeah, it's just you. Yeah, so I, I beat uh, one of the expansions, which is 5.0 Shadowbringers, and it was so good. Almost mm. made me cry. It was just the emotional highs of the way they did it with the gameplay and the exploration. It was so good, Mikey. <laughs> and this is a lot of people's favorite. Uh, and I totally understand why Why it is everybody's favorite. And I can't wait to keep going. Because it's been super rad starting 5.1 and beyond and a bunch of the raids and everything. Because one of the raids, Mikey, integrates mm. Near Automata, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. So it's like Final Fantasy XIV is just all my favorite games at once. Somehow, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got your uh, anime robot thing in my anime yeah. spray care thing. 
And one of the other raid series is like inspired by Final Fantasy VIII, which is one of my favorites as well. So it's just like, okay, this is I love two this. for two. <laughs> I love this for Been, you. You are having crossover after crossover of things you love. That's great. Yeah, but uh, what's been making you happy this week, Mikey? Mine's also a video game-ass thing. Yay! We talked about it a bit before. Uh, It's a video game called Neon White. Yes, okay. It is a speedrun-based video game, and I like it just fine. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's been very fun, but when the game changed for me is you can compare your times against your Switch friends' times. Mm, okay. And so, um, another podcast I'm on that I'll, I'll give a quick shout out, Video Games, a comedy show. You can find it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I went back to World 1 and became the world record holder for all World 1 levels amongst the Video Games, a comedy show crew. <laughs> As everybody's like, oh, you got a world record, Mikey. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> very, very, uh, uh well- all my friends bought it after me so they could see my times. And they, uh-huh. like, I don't even think they were thinking about me. They just, you know, played through it and are better at video games than me. I had to, like, work hard, but I took back <laughs> the top spot from all of them in World One. And I feel very proud of myself. I'm not going to do that on any other worlds. If they take any of those records from me, I'm going to be okay with it. <laughs> I'm going to let it go. Oh, really? Right okay. Now. I was going to say, are you going to feel, like, motivated to be the best out of all of your friends at I every single level? Don't. Just- want to do that oh i don't want okay. to do that <laughs> <laughs> not gonna have that friendly rivalry pushing no. you to be number one I, mikey I, I i did it once like i'm the kind of like if i was in the olympics i would run and get a gold and then never like literally never even walk fast for the rest of my life i would be like done running <laughs> i did it at that moment in time you could say i was the best runner and now i'm done Okay, I mean, you just need to prove it to yourself once, basically. Just need to prove it, it to myself like. once. What, am I going to yeah. chase that high? No. That's why. That's how you do drugs, honestly. You're never going to top your, sec- your, your, uh, your first hit of meth. So just don't. Do meth once, enjoy it, and then say, that was great. Moving on. You heard it here, guys. Only <laughs> do meth once. <laughs> do meth once. <laughs> Dare to resist drugs and alcohol, except for once. <laughs> Roxy, each week the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door and keep us from escaping. And yet each week we still escape. This week, I brought along a pistol, a rocket launcher, two shotguns, an explosive jetpack, three flamethrowers, and a bundle of ninja stars. You ready to see who we got guarding the door? Okay, well, damn, it sounds like you were extremely prepared for like any kind of monster. Anything here we go. Let's open the door. Roxy. Uh-huh. There's no one out here. What? Hey, uh, Demon Bot, what's going on? Did you got did you not hide a guardsman of the basement? Mikey and Roxy, I will no longer be hiring guards for the scary basement door. Oh, why is that, Demon Bot? What's going on? After the party last week for Halloween 2, I realized that you were more than just the bodies I am attempting to steal. You are my friends, and friendship is not real friendship if it is forced. Because I know you will come back. You always come back. That's nice. Don't you think yeah. that's nice, Roxy? That is really nice. I'd also say since we're compelled to come here every week, it's not exactly a, a choice. So we'll be here every week. Yeah. I think it's just that we've embraced our situation now. And yeah, we have fun recording these episodes. We have an understanding with the demon bot, with all the various monsters who we party but, uh, down yeah, with. Yeah, we're also all friends, too. Sure. <laughs> I love it Although, here. <laughs> listen, things are good with all of us and the demon bot and a lot of the monsters. But that creature from the Black Lagoon I hooked up with after Halloween, too. 
Mm-hmm. That's going to be awkward for a while. Yeah, I see him kind of like pretending they're not looking over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they want to say something to you, Mikey. So I think you might need to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this creature from the Black Lagoon is over here, like, doing that thing where, like, he's pretending he's on his phone, but he's not holding a phone. <laughs> it's, just, it's just his weird fish claw hand. And he's like, I don't care.